Hi, I'm Elise Kennedy. Welcome to Jardin's Startup Tech Series, where we host entrepreneurs, venture funds, and technology companies on trends across the industry. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Mason Yates, Associate and Rising Investment Star at Blackbird Ventures. Thanks for joining me today. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me and and for those lovely words. For those who don't know Blackbird Ventures, can you explain a bit more about when it started, investment styles, anything else that you think is relevant? Yeah, sure. So Blackbird was founded in 2012 with the belief that the next generation of global companies will be built by Australians. And there are a suite of companies like Atlassian and Aconex and Big Commerce that had built incredible businesses from Australia, but there was no venture capital firms to help those companies right at the beginning from Australia. And so it was founded by Nikki Shavak, Rick Baker, and Bill Barty. And they spent about, I don't know, it was like a year and a half trying to raise the first fund. It's called the 2012 fund, but it's actually in the 2013 vintage because it was so hard. They ended up having like 500 meetings, actually closed with 97 investors. And that grind was really a a rite of passage, if you will. And it sort of laid the foundations for some of the ideas that we hold true at Blackbird. So for example, those 97 investors were mostly made up of founders and it really made up this community-led approach to investing that we still hold really true to our hearts today. So for example, the idea of founders helping founders, we could help leverage those investors to support our founders right at the beginning. And so that idea of being a founder-led and community-led fund has always been super important for us. The second thing is, I think unique to Blackbird was this idea that they truly valued relationships over transactions. Oftentimes, you might see investors with founders looking for a win-lose, hoping to get the right deal in a transaction. But we really set up our funds in a unique way so that we look at investing over hopefully decades in the best performing companies. And so in doing so, we look to build that relationship right at the beginning with founders and invest with the mindset that we'll be on that journey with them for many, many years to come. And so we really seek that win-win when we're investing in deals. And so there's some of the sort of tenants that have held true right at the beginning for Blackbird and hold true now. And so since really our our mission is to invest in wild hearts with wild ideas right at the beginning, and that's what really Blackbird is set up to do. Very interesting. And I love that origin starts and how your investment philosophy has come about and still holds Mm. today. Geographic footprint, is it just Australian investments or do you look across the globe? Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. We invest in Australian and New Zealand founders. Primarily, those founders are based in Australia and New Zealand, but we do have an allocation to invest in founders who are based overseas. Actually, as a as a trip down memory lane in 2019, Samantha Wong, a partner of Blackbird, she led the fund over in New Zealand. And the team now, which is made up as well of, of a principal uh, Blackbird, Phoebe Harrop, and also James Palmer, and your associate in the team, are just doing an incredible job setting the the roots of what is turning out to be an incredible honeypot for talent and founders and ideas for super ambitious companies. So shout out to all our New Zealand founders and, of course, as I said, Aussie ones too. Great. We like that. 
Now let's move on on to the industry. So how do you find these golden opportunities? Yeah, I mean, to find the golden opportunities is really the aim of the game. If you don't see the best deals, you don't even get a chance to invest in the best companies. But actually at Blackbird, we try and flip that notion around. How do golden opportunities find us? The goal for every venture investor, or at least I think it should be for me, is how, how do we become a magnet for deal flow? And at a Blackbird level, our goal is to create system a system-wide impact such that anyone starting a company feels comfortable reaching out to us. They feel comfortable pitching someone from the team and creating that environment. And so even before starting a company down the line, can we help you find a job? So we've got a bunch of different programs that help people find jobs. So we've got something called the Fellowship, which is a program that takes corporates into startups. This is a this is a program that's been led by Startmate, which is this incredible accelerator program, which which I'll touch on in a bit, but they've helped hundreds, if not thousands of women go from corporates into startups through this awesome program. Selfish plug here, but hopefully it's it's useful. Wild Hearts is a podcast that I launched which shares the stories from the founders looking to change the world and the investors who back them. And it has just turned out to be this awesome recruiting product where early stage employees can can find these or, or corporates or whoever can can find these early stage companies and and apply. And by giving those companies a voice right at the beginning, it gives them an opportunity to 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 color their story and and share their journey. The third one is the Talent Lily Pad, which is this awesome recruiting product that the founder success team has built internally at Blackbird. It helps people get hired and it's just an awesome way to sort of productize that recruiting process. And so I guess the second element is if you're so early and you're still sort of unclear on what to build, then we have like this awesome program called Giants, which is a way for mentors and operators, investors and founders who've been there and done that, people with experience willing to help early stage founders find their feet and so it's a, a multi-week program that that's run uh, again by the founder success team. And again, that sort of gives us an insight into that early talent starting to build the the seeds or or sow the seeds for what might be their life's work. Sort of similarly is like we have this incredible sunrise festival almost, which is this sort of this. Uh, it's like our love letter to founders, if I could put it that way. Two days annually, founders, investors, operators all connect to learn from each other and listen from the best people in the ecosystem. So that's an, just an, an incredible honeypot for, for people to come and, and join. And, and we meet huge amounts of people there. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. So we're doing programs like the ones I described above because at our core, we believe that the strongest competitive advantage is to invest right at the beginning and to hopefully earn the right to keep investing in those best performing products or companies and hopefully they become generational companies. And actually, I forgot to mention earlier, Blackbird has sort of two types of funds. The core fund is designed to invest in pre-seed, seed, or Series A companies, and, and maybe in other words, companies that are pre-product. Those with a product or a little bit of revenue finding their feet, or even companies that might be exploding with early signs of product market fit. The second fund is a follow-on fund. It's designed to continue investing in those best performing companies. And I mean, 
Blackbird now has more than $1.7 billion in committed capital, which is just quite remarkable, actually, like from its comparatively small $29 million first fund, which I described earlier. And so like that idea is best sort of expressed using Canva. It's the ultimate example. I mean, that first fund invested right at the beginning before Canva had a product or revenue and then earned the right to continue investing to become the largest investor shareholder with, with I think, 15%, which, which is now a $40 billion company. So that's kind of the thesis sort of playing out in front of our eyes. And I mean, internally, we have a goal, which is like, it's like hashtag seal the seeds. And so we hired six new associates. I also joined the gang to act as the eyes and ears on the ground. We learn how to start, mate. It's an incredible accelerator program. Think of it like this intensive Olympic-like 13-week uh, program where they give you a little bit of capital to help you rapidly experiment, maybe raise money, maybe sign customers, maybe build product. And that's been going even sort of predated even before Blackbird. It was founded by Nikki Shavak. It's got a cumulative value today of over $2 billion. So that's an incredible story in and of itself. And then once we make a system-wide impact through community programs that scale our impact, we want to we wanna be generational owners, which means a few things. We have a program called the Blackbird Founder Academy, which once we invest, these founders go through this awesome multi-week course with other founders at the same point in their journey. They listen to experts on on maybe Robin, which I'll maybe touch on in a second. So it's like, it's just an incredible way for founders to be inducted into the Blackbird community. Robin Denholm, which I just sort of alluded to, she's the, the, the chairman of Tesla. And recently, I mean, not that recently, over a year ago now, she's the chairman of Tesla and she helps support founders who are scaling their businesses. She has just been remarkable to watch. It's been a true honor working beside her as little as I do, but nevertheless, it's, it's just been stunning. We have an entire founder success team also designed to just support founders on their company building journey. So like I mentioned before, when you help someone find a job at a startup, you're also massively helping the founder. So the fellowship that I described earlier, Wild Hearts, the Talent Lily Pad, are all ways we can help founders find exceptional talent. And so I guess that's how we think about how we find great opportunities or how great opportunities can find us. Anyway, that, that, that was a bit of a ramble, but, but the core ideas are become a magnet for deal flow, invest right at the beginning and continue investing in the best performing companies and be a generational owner by enabling access to people in the community and aggregating insights in a way that best supports founders. You gave us a few extra things in there, Mason. So again, Wild Hearts, we will be looking at that and talking about that later, which is your own podcast. And also anybody, if you are in your own VC funds, a few other ways to kind of get those those breaks in there. So now let's turn to some of those investments. Are you able to disclose any businesses? You can leave the name out. You can put the name in that you guys have invested in and what they do and the revenue model and anything that you're excited about over the next, say, 12 months? Yeah, so I think a lot of people would be familiar with companies like Canva, who was just valued at $55 billion AUD, Culture App, Safety Culture. These are classic, incredible SaaS unicorns that are making a generational impact across the world. One is called Dovetail, which if you sort of think about what Canva is for designers, Dovetail has the opportunity to be for user researchers. And at the essence of every business, 
customer love is almost like the oxygen tank for that company. And increasingly, we're seeing user researchers and, and user designers and product managers take customer insights and use those insights as part of their product. Unfortunately, without Dovetail, there isn't a system to store, collect, manage, synthesize insights at scale. And so you have this huge challenge of millions of dollars of insights getting lost in Google Sheets or Google Docs, where people are trying to run user interviews and losing those insights. And Dovetail's mission is to really become that customer hub of knowledge that an entire organization can use to leverage against their job and build the best product and best team. They're a bottoms-up SaaS story recently invested by Excel and need a unicorn billion-dollar valuation. They're growing like crazy. They're building one of the best product team cultures in the world quietly as well. They don't have any outbound salespeople. It's all product-led and, and we really spend our time looking for founders that are so customer-obsessed and product-driven because that's the leading indicator for one of our most important questions is what is the product roadmap that the founder has in their minds and can they imagine that product roadmap and they can they build it out? And that's one thing that I'm really excited about with Dovetail. Another epic business is called Blink, who is reimagining how professionals connect. And Jared Webb is this wonderful founder. It's based in Melbourne and he started out by solving his own problems while he was working as an early employee at Uber Eats down in Melbourne. He was tired of the four stacks of unused dog-eared business cards and built the first version of Blink over a weekend and really started out with this idea to solve business cards by building a digital version. A few years went by and COVID-19 trained the world to use QR codes. Businesses began reaching out if they could centrally manage business cards for all their employees and soon enough, Jared went full-time because he realized that there was this magical intersection for a wonderful market, a magical product experience, and an organically viral way to spread with a fantastic business model. And so you have like point one being there was this free, viral in nature, reliable way for, for professionals to augment the first impression where like, for example, a professional can easily swap the most important up-to-date details with a new person using a QR code that you can easily access without unlocking your co- unlocking your phone. And with this free, reliable, fast way to swap details, Blink is quickly becoming the center of gravity for making an epic new impression and a new professional relationship. But even bigger than the $8 billion problem of business cards, which is spent annually and 88% of which is is basically thrown away, which by the way is is an ambitious problem enough, but even larger is, I guess, this idea that central to Blink's mission is solving the problem of managing a team's professional identity and therefore the company's identity. And at the click of a few buttons, businesses of all sizes can create, automatically distribute and manage dynamic digital business cards and email signatures en masse. So imagine the cards are integrated with a Google or Microsoft directory So cards and email signatures automatically updated and therefore companies can sort of set and forget almost or even think about it like when you meet someone for the first time, you might write notes on the highlights describing that meeting you just shared with someone. They might be a new customer or a potential limited partner and that is sucked into customer databases automatically because they are integrated with 
customer databases or CRMs like Salesforce. So almost think of it like goodbye to the static fragmented world that exists online today. And as the, as the, as the founder has mentioned before, the future of the internet is live and up to date. So with Blink, we're super pleased to be partnered with one of the fastest growing viral bottoms up SaaS businesses in the world right now. And anyway, I sort of dare anyone listening to sign up and try it out for yourself. It's, uh, it's, an, epic, it's an epic product. We've got a few there to listen to and to go into a bit more detail. So stay tuned. Investment tips. Let's turn on to that. So for anybody looking in this space, tell us some of your secrets. I think there are a few things and there are a few little hacks. I guess there are sort of two parts to being a great investor. One is, are you a magnet for deals? Do you have proprietary deal flow? How are founders finding out about you? Because you want to have that ability to invest right at the beginning of a founder's journey. Number two, you want to be a great supporter of that founder. So what has the venture firm set up to enable a founder and a founding team to build the best team and the best culture so that they can build the best company possible? And number three is can the investment team make the right decisions? What is the track record? Who are the founders? Who are the companies that they've backed? Do the founders come back to those investors, giving them the right to invest more? Or was the first check the only check that they ever put in because the founder didn't want to increase that investor's stake in the company? And so those are some of the key three categories. So like, for example, a Blackbird I just spoke to many of the things that we do to find founders right at the beginning of their journey. Another example is how do we support founders? Other sort of support systems are like we have knowledge sessions, a knowledge hub for our founders to go into. We obviously spend all of our time thinking about how do we aggregate insights from our uh, existing portfolio and then re-leverage that to support founders on their journey. I mean, when I first joined Blackbird, my job was to collect and analyze and share the knowledge in Blackbird's portfolio with our founders and partners. And so everything we do is designed to help founders at Blackbird. The third idea is, can you make the right decisions? I guess Blackbird's philosophy on investment decision-making is all about finding generational companies and, and what are the leading indicators for that? So like, We believe a generational company is one that is overflowing with product engagement, one with intense customer love, founders obsessed with creating a a world-class culture, one that inspires with an incredible mission that inspires others, one that has a growing and decade compounding long product roadmap. And so we look for leading indicators right at the beginning. So our mission is to invest in wild hearts with wild ideas right at the beginning. And I've spoken about right at the beginning, but for example, like what is a wild heart? And it really is someone doing their life's work and tackling the world's greatest problems. So Melanie Perkins at Canva, she was a a university who taught design. She had built Fusion Books, which was a sort of design book that helped high school students and teachers and parents coordinate and collaborate to create these awesome yearbooks which sort of, they were the earned secrets that led to the idea of Canva. Or Luke from Safety Culture was a former private investigator who led surveillance investigations into workers' compensation claims. So this experience really exposed him to the tragic consequences of workplace incidents. 
And rather than trying to work out how those incidents were occurring, he wanted to prevent them from happening in the workplace, which led to the idea of safety culture. So many of the greatest businesses of our time, whether that's Google or Microsoft or Facebook, these were often very young and unqualified founders, but they'd all earned a secret to what the future should look like. And they had a 10 times product that was better than the status quo or a hundred times product in many of those cases. But a wild idea is equally as important, especially when you're right at the beginning, you're trying to understand the product. Is it, as I said, 10 times better than the status quo? Is there compelling and unique insights that will drive customer love and customer obsession? Is there evidence that this is a product-driven founder that they'll move incredibly quickly towards? And like, of course, what is this market? And oftentimes you can tell what that market size is even without looking at the market size slide. So that's why we talk about that that mission that inspires and the world's greatest problems. Because if you empower the world to design in Canva's case, then that implies a huge market. So what are they going to actually do? What are the sequence of events that help build your conviction into delivering that mission? And then finally, I guess the difference between a startup and just a normal business is how do you get the product in the hands of customers? And so we really try and find unique go-to-market strategies and distribution strategies that will help put the product in the hands of millions or billions of customers across the world. And so those four categories of founders, products, markets, and team and distributions are sort of the key elements in how we make decisions at Blackbird. And we try to improve on how we make decisions all the time. So if a founder comes in and pitches, we all fill out a pitch feedback form which decides whether you're a hell yes, a yes, a no, or a hell no. And then you talk about what your loves are, what your concerns are, and then you rate the founding team, the market, the product, and the distribution out of five. And then we all talk about it, and then we have this record of our investment thinking, which we constantly go back to for follow-on decisions. Were we right? Were we wrong? And it's a constantly iterating cycle of, decision feedback loop so that we can get better as a team and scale that. Fantastic. Some very valuable insights that we got there into how we should look at some of the investments. With that, and you couldn't tell you're quite passionate about it, I'd love to hear a bit more about you, Mason, about your background and more importantly, about your podcast. Sure. So my life has always orbited startups. I I think it was 18 and wow. I tried to build a shipping return insurance product <laughs> and my wide-eyed ambition was like, how do I change the world? And I was looking for a solution, I guess, a solution looking for a problem rather than a problem finding a solution, which is usually an equation for a bad company. And so, quickly fell out of love with that, but that was the seed that started the obsession with startups. So, I joined a a wealth management robo-advisor called Stockspot, which was a 10-person business at the time. I then joined Zip. Everyone hopefully on the call would know Zip as the buy now, pay later business. I joined them at 40, I think, people at the time and was fortunately with them as they scaled to 180 people. And that was an incredible experience. I started off in the strategy team there and then realized most of the strategy happens in the product team where they're building products for customers and ultimately, I just loved seeing how these businesses scaled and I wanted to really optimize for my learning. And so, the best honeypot for that was Blackbird in my eyes, where I could be surrounded by world-class investors, founders and operators, 
building these incredible businesses and I could actually aggregate many of the insights and, and learn from the best. And so I've been at Blackbird now for three years, three and a half years. And the first role was, I mean, it was titled a portfolio intelligence analyst, which I tried to avoid most of the time. I would just sort of delete portfolio <laughs> and intelligence and just insert analyst. At the start, though, as I mentioned, it was just about collecting and analyzing companies and sharing those insights for investment decisions and with founders. And then that role grew into strictly helping partners make investment decisions. It was an internal facing role. And then over that time, it was sort of a three and a bit year period where I was sort of in that role, which wore a few different hats over that period of time. And I then was promoted to an associate in November last year and have since tried to take many of the learnings that I've tried to accumulate over that time and, and repurpose those into finding the best founders. And I've sort of excitingly found my first two companies, which is a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll find many, many more. And so onto the podcast, Wild Hearts. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of the founders looking to change the world and the investors who backed them. What started as an idea to just help one founder, it was, I was sort of blinded by it, but I think a few months in, I realized that it was actually a recruiting product because many of these founders right at the beginning can't share their story. And we often hear about founders after the fact that they're successful. So oftentimes their insights are littered with bias because it's focused on what has worked rather than what hasn't worked. And there's a whole range of variables that can play into that. So I really wanted to shine a light on those early stage stories and also reveal from an investor's perspective, why did you like that business? Almost like an investment memo or a love letter to that founder on the podcast. And so I found that like, I think for three or four companies that I've asked, 50% of the recruited talent either found out about that company or used the podcast to help inform whether or not they would join that company, which is now hundreds of people at these startups who have listened to Wild Hearts to help influence their decision, which has been one of the biggest blessings and most interesting things of starting something like you have and putting it out in the world and seeing these second and third order consequences occur because you've almost increased the surface area of luck to strike. And so that was a huge surprise and one that I've cherished and will hopefully continue to double down on in 2022. I hope so. So everyone, that's Wild Hearts. And so we're on the same journey of really supporting those Australian startup businesses because I think we've got so many that perhaps don't get that airtime. And we're privy to some of the investors, including yourselves, um, as types of investors. And so, yeah, thank you once again, Mason Yates, associate and definitely rising star within Blackbird Ventures. Thank you. Thank Heart you so much for having me. To have you again. Thank you. Thank you.